Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name's Anthony. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name is Anthony. I was just going to keep doing it. Oh, in, you're in doing this, the thing. In, in oh, the spirit a, of, the, a, the, <laughs> of the movie, yeah. It's a bit. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. My name is Anthony. <laughs> and my name is Chris? No. Oh, goodness. But for real. Hello, everybody. No, I'm not going to do it again. Here on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast, what we do is actually review, watch, and then, uh, well, first we watch them, and then we review science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, mockumentaries, (laughs) shorts, uh, YouTube originals, web television series. I think that there are several of these movies we've watched that we've reviewed them first and then watched them. (laughs) i've at least prejudged a few dozen of them fair enough oh i didn't ask you how are you doing my friend it's been at least a week and a half since i've talked to you yeah yeah i'm good home from the road about to leave again you're in la right yeah i was in la oh okay yes yes i'll be in colorado springs all next week yes i've always wanted to go to colorado springs it was actually my first idea for the honeymoon oh really you can leave the dallas fort worth area on a train and it'll take you a week to get there. Oh, really? I just hopped on a plane. It's going to take yeah, yeah, significantly yeah. less, and it only cost me $130. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the whole the whole point. It was supposed to be like this romantic train ride, you know, because it stops for a couple hours in a bunch of different places. And then and then, it, ultimately, we decided not to do it. And then Probably a for few the months best. Ag- a few months ago, I went on a train for a vacation. It was only for like two and a half hours or whatever, but I don't know if I would do it again. So... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. enough. I actually, um, I bought you a gift. You bought me a gift. What did you get me? I would rather just give it to you. It's a surprise, obviously. Okay. You want me to show you? You want me to take a picture of it? Uh, Feel free. Okay. Is it a taco? No, it's not a taco. I didn't go to Pinches Tacos. Dang it. Have you taken a picture? Yeah, I am. Oh, okay. (laughs) I've been just fine, actually. The work is progressing on my bathroom. We purchased over $1,000 worth of tile for the walls. So that's fun. We picked out paint and grout. Yeah. Expect it to be done in the next two weeks. Good. Good. So I'm excited. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. That's I'm sitting excited. here with your name on it, buddy. I'm very excited. Thank you. Yes. Thank you're you. welcome. Thank oh, you. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was buying mine and I was like, I'll buy another one. I'll post it on the uh, podcast's Twitter at Sci-Fi Wise Guys so y'all can see what I bought Chris. Speaking of our podcast. What did we watch, Anthony? We watched our very first Hulu original, Ooh. Boss Level. As this is a movie that I chose, came out on March 5th. I will give you the floor, provide us with your initial thoughts and opinions, and maybe, just maybe, the facts. I don't know why you said maybe. You know darn well I'm giving the facts. <laughs> Boss Level is a 2021 American science fiction action film directed by Joe Carnahan. And written by Carnahan and Chris and Eddie Borey from a story by the Boreys. It stars Frank Grillo as a retired Special Forces soldier who tries to escape a never-ending time loop that results in his death. Uh, major co-stars listed on Wikipedia are Mel Gibson, Naomi Watts, and Michelle Yao? Yo? I don't Yo. know how to pronounce her name. Yo. Yo. Yeah? Yao. Yo. Yao. Yes. She's great, but I don't know why she's listed. I think it's just her name. She has a bit role in this movie. IMDb has this listed at a 6.9 out of 10 with 
about 16,500 reviews, sitting at a median score of 7. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, we it has a score of 72% fresh and an audience score of 79%. So almost, you know, that's very, very close. We usually see those quite separated. So both the critics and the audience are enjoying the film. Uh, do you have the uh, Metacritic scores? Uh, Metacritic has this sitting at a 56% critical rating based on 16 reviews and a user score of 7.3. Okay, that's about what I expected. Do you have the Hulu blurb? Trapped in a time loop that constantly repeats the day of his murder, former Special Forces agent Roy Pulver uncovers clues about a secret government project that could unlock the mystery behind his untimely death. In a race against the clock, Pulver must hunt down Colonel Ventor, the powerful head of the government program, while outrunning skilled, ruthless assassins determined to keep him from the truth in order to break out of the loop, save his ex-wife, and live once again for tomorrow. Wow, that is a long description. <laughs> IMDb has their blurb. Much simpler putt. A retired special forces officer is trapped in a never-ending time loop on the day of his death. There you go. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> Muy bueno. Yeah, so overall, I really, really enjoyed this film. Great action, popcorny flick. I think that the, the overall positive reviews I, I would agree with. We can get into the nitty-gritty as we get into the nitty-gritty. I like Groundhog Day style uh, stories on top of just the kind of over the top action. I mean, it almost reminded me of like a a PG-13 crank on top of the whole death loop trope, if you will. Trope. Yeah, it happens often enough. (laughs) Frank Grillo is great. I've never seen anything that he has led, has been the lead actor in. I've seen him in a lot of stuff, but I don't think I've ever seen anything where he's the, the principal actor. So that yeah. was fun. I think he really, I think he did a great job. He really sold all the, the just over top, over the topness of the character. Mel Gibson is creepy. And so that translates very well into Colonel Clive Vintner, who's kind of creepy. Naomi Watts, kind of an out of the, out of the blue casting, but did really well. But who I really wanted to mention, because I didn't know if you knew this, but Joe is uh, Roy Pulver, Frank Grillo's character's son mm-hmm. in the movie, played by Rio Grillo, who is Frank's youngest son. He has three mm. children. I saw that and I assumed it was one of his children. It would have been a fantastic coincidence otherwise. But <laughs> uh, So I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching it. Soundtrack was great. Action was great. The story was interesting enough. Really fun flick. Excellent. Yeah. What about you? What did you think? Well, first of all, I've got a confession to make. Uh-oh. You didn't watch this movie, did you? I absolutely knew you would love this movie. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as as I was watching it, I was like, this is going to be a fan. This is going to be a good episode to talk about. Is it because the soundtrack was Boston heavy? <laughs> it is possible. And I love mm, I love me some Boston. I know you do. In regards to the movie itself, I believe our second time travel movie, or at least the second one that involves a, a time travel loop. Actually, I think it's our third. Is it our third? Yeah, this is our third movie slash show that involves a time travel loop. Okay, our our other one is the Prometheus Trap. Yes. What's up? What, what would our third be? Well, if you remember the... Oh, wait, I guess... Oh, you didn't see it, I suppose. So, Continuum? Oh, yes. <laughs> Season yes. two ends with <laughs> <Yeah>. the surprise <laughs> time loop. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, yeah. yeah. I forgot. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, 2.5. This is our 2.5. <laughs> I'll give it. Yeah, two, 2.5. Yes, yes, yes. So, 
Fun fact about time travel loop movies is they're very difficult to do well. Okay. I think the most famous example is Groundhog Day, which of is in course. fact is such a an excellent example that every other instance of this effect is called the Groundhog Day effect. <laughs> There's a great episode of Stargate SG-1, probably the best episode in the series and on a lot of people's lists. Mm -hmm. um, there's a great time travel loop episode, a Groundhog Day episode in Star Trek The Next Generations, or Star Trek The Next Generation. So very difficult to do well, and sometimes boring, uh, mainly because we're just seeing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I mean, we just reviewed Prometheus Trap, I remember. Yeah. What this movie does is it separates it by making the connection between a video game and the time travel loop. The name boss level is in fact spoken out loud. I think it's probably one of the last things our, our lead character actually says. He spends this, uh, spoilers, incoming. <laughs> he spends 156 attempts before he even finds out what's going on. Mm -hmm. I believe there's another 100 or so attempts after that where he, he then says, I want a boss level. And so it, what it does is it takes the idea of playing a video game in which when you die, it restarts the game. And it is even paralleled even further by there's an underground pop-up video game tournament. Yeah, like a little land center arcade. Yeah, where they play old they play old-fashioned games, which were very, you know... Um, very yeah, they, heavy into re replaying missions, you know, uh, quarter eaters or, you know, uh, sure, coin sure. eaters or whatever you want to call it. The uh, the arcade that was all about 8-bit games and then didn't show a single 8-bit game. Yeah, yeah. that arcade. Yeah. <laughs> Where he insulted the guy behind the counter. <laughs> of course he did. Nah, man, I'm childless by choice. Yeah, who's Yeah, choice? sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang, bro, you don't even know this guy. Yeah, but we were all in agreement. I thought it was actually pretty interesting. I thought it was a great take on... The Groundhog Day effect. Yeah. It's my second favorite Groundhog Day-esque movie. Okay. Is it your favorite Groundhog Day? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What's your favorite? Sorry, sci-fi Groundhog Day, I guess. Edge of Tomorrow, obviously. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, no, it's yeah. a great movie. We should talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we should sometime. <laughs> it is fantastic. I need to rewatch it. So I thought it was really interesting. I didn't really hate anything that came up. There were a couple scenes where I was ready for it to kind of move on to the next moment, you know, but I think that's that's apparent in a lot of movies. I don't think I've ever sat through an entire movie where the entire time I was, you know, does that, does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, there are scenes that I didn't like, whatever. Sure. I thought of the actors did a really good job. There's a lot of not necessarily maybe first time actors, but a lot of people whose career isn't acting. Rob Gronkowski, who's a Super Bowl winning tight end football player. He plays a guy named Gunner, who is, he's the guy sitting in the helicopter seat, mm. shooting the gun at the beginning. And several more times, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Quinton, Rampage, Jackson, and uh, Richard Evans are both MMA fighters. I believe they're actually both retired. Um, no, I'm sorry. Jackson is still current, but he's a former professional wrestler, where Richard Evans is a retired mixed martial artist. Mm. And then Ken Jong, you know, he's a doctor. Just kidding. No, he's <laughs> Well, he actually is a doctor. That's, I shouldn't say just kidding. Sure, sure. And then, uh, yeah, just a bunch of other actors. Will Sasso, who I hadn't seen in a long time. I don't know if anyone knows who Will Sasso is. He was he was on Mad TV for a long time. But he did movies and stuff, whatever. He's done a lot of television recently. Yeah. but Like a lot. I was very surprised to see him. I was like, wait a minute. 
Will that's Will Sassadoon in here, and then you know Mel Gibson, who, right? While creepy, yes, actually does a really good job as a yeah. villain. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I think he's shifted into that. He's shifted into that phase of his career. He had some legal troubles. We'll just kind of leave it at oh, that. Oh really? Uh, what were those from? Then... <laughs> uh, don't drink and drive, kids. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun the entire time, and. Uh, I'm ready for boss level two. I just noticed I'm looking at the movie poster and I was about to say, I'm I'm happy that they didn't do that bit where they made Mel Gibson the biggest character and put his name on the poster, which they didn't do. But I just now noticed that all the people at the bottom of the poster are all Frank Grillo from different parts of the movie, <laughs> <laughs> which makes so much sense. That's great. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, you spoke about Naomi Watson, Michelle Yeoh. I, I don't want to say they're more than cameo appearances, but they have very little screen time. Naomi Watts is much more important to the plot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh is just there for a, I don't know, is it like to set up one action scene and a joke? I guess. Probably. Yeah. She probably filmed all her scenes in a day. So. I mean, yeah. That's got to be the advantage of filming something like this is you are reusing the same set over and over again. I, I imagine scheduling filming for this type of movie is different than a normal normal film but maybe i'm wrong i don't know yeah his apartment gets destroyed at the beginning did they destroy more than one apartment how much of that is cgi did they just have different camera angles for the same thing i mean probably what's really funny about a time loop movie is you probably don't have a lot of wasted shots you know because it no yeah you could just that footage for something (laughs) else yeah 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 interesting i've never really thought about that before yeah, I, I didn't think about it either till I was watching it. Because there's a, a very particular scene where he wears the same clothes every day, you know. Right, so well, yeah, because he you wakes don't have to worry up. About a, yeah, you don't have to worry about a wardrobe. There was definitely a scene where I was like, okay, this was just the same scene filmed by two different angles. <laughs> like the same <laughs> shot, just two different angles. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's cool. Oh, it's showing the repetitiveness of it. Like it, yeah. it works, so. yeah. So the film, when it was, it was originally meant for a theatrical release. And like a lot of movies that we've been fortunate enough to review, it got moved to a streaming service because of various delays and then eventually the pandemic. When it was in production, it was, it was under the name Continue. How do you feel about that name versus Boss Level? I think I like Boss Level more. Okay. Only because like, because I get it. I think, I think maybe some other people when they're, they're looking through you know, Hulu or whatever. And they're like, boss level. Why is this movie called boss level? Because I did the same thing. I was just on the main page of Hulu. I was getting ready to watch an episode of The Bachelor with the wife. Uh, yeah. And uh, look, don't you worry live about a, You live a wonderful life. I do. It's fantastic. I yeah, have an amazing I'm marriage. I'm so jealous. It's very healthy. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I was like, boss level. I sat there and I Googled it on my phone while Bachelor was starting up. And I was like, oh, we should definitely watch this. Sure. I think continue might work a little better. Mm-hmm. It, it's more descriptive, but less. It, it, boss level is better for marketing yeah. and exposure. But I, I like the name continue overall, if that makes sense. Like if this was based on a book, I'd expect the book to be called continue. Maybe with a question mark or something. I don't know. Maybe that's what the sequel's called. Continue. You think there's going to be a sequel? I don't know. I'm just saying if there was. Oh, yeah. The secret boss level. <laughs> New game plus. Boss level colon new game plus. There you go. That'll confuse a large portion of the population. So as a whole, I think we can both agree that this movie was pretty good. Yeah. I agree enough with the ratings. I think 7.3 
79% audience, 6.9 on IMDb. I think they're all pretty accurate. I even think the critical scores are accurate as well. It's kind of basic. There isn't a whole lot going on. This is your typical popcorn action flick. Sure, I guess. It's not. It, well, what I'm, I'm yeah. saying is it's not reaching for anything. Like, it's not I reaching suppose. for fantastic heights of cinema. So I could get why it would have a lower critical rating. Because we talked about this a little bit in the, a previous episode. Is there are people who, when they review movies, are reviewing them based on the fact that they're moving. It's their profession. So while I might disagree with their point, I can see it. Sure. I guess where I would disagree, where I would say this movie sets itself apart from the action movie, you know, the summer action blockbuster schlock, while still being summer action blockbuster schlock, (laughs) is it's, I mean, it's got its own personality. It's got its own way of telling a story. I compared it to Crank a little bit because the action just keeps coming. It doesn't let you sit still for too long. It's got the the main character doing narration over everything. It's got a personality that's not just another action movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. And on top of that, it's got great action. It's got good acting. Uh, It's well-directed. Joe Carnahan, who directed and produced this, also directed Smoke and Aces. Good movie. Uh, The Grey. And there was another one. Oh, The A-Team, which was a decent movie. He also did Narc, which is really good. Um, I don't think I've seen that. He's a writer on Bad Boys for Life, so he will forever be a favorite of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys <laughs> podcast. You've so. did executive decision. <laughs> executive. No, I don't think I've seen Narc. I recognize it, but I, don't, I guess I've never seen it. Should check it out. I agree with you across the board. I think that the, the ratings are, are solid. I'd give it a seven and a half myself. Easy, maybe an eight, because I think it sets its goals. It sets itself up very early on and it knocks everything out of the park. The couple of twists in it are believable and they push you forward. I'm not going to say and argue about time travel technology because <laughs> <laughs> like we, you got to take right. There's even you were talking, you mentioned Star Trek. Even in that, you're just like, yeah, me, we're going to get some sugar uh, along with this, right? Big grain of salt. I, I think it's fair. As soon as time travel becomes involved, Right. I literally stopped thinking about the technology. Like, because there's no way. Back to the Future is a, a yeah. perfect example of one of the best movies ever made whose plot is dependent on technology that not only doesn't exist, but probably wouldn't work. So right. you just have to divorce yourself from that reality. Oh, there's yeah, so I, much. I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's saying. almost always an internal inconsistency in these types of movies. When actually, I think I, I tried real hard in Boss Level. I. The the whole time loop thing is probably the easiest and most approachable type of time travel because you're just resetting. You're not really traveling through time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Something like Groundhog Day. What was another one? I watched a movie called Ark. I think that's a Netflix original, ARQ, that is a very similar premise. Guy wakes up, goes through the same day. Happy Death Day, where things just repeat. You know, you don't you don't have to really worry about it. I mean, that's also that Stargate episode that I was referring to. Right. It involves a guy resetting time manually. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Actually, one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek Discovery is in season one. It's the time loop episode uh, where the one character is resetting time to try to take something from the ship. And one other character is aware of it and is the only person that seems to be aware of it. Um, It was a very, very good episode. I guess all that to say this is something that's been done before, at least the idea of it, but it's very, very well executed. It's got its own charm. Definitely worth watching. 
I think what we're both trying to say is that this movie has an identity. Yes. A clearly defined identity, which not just in science fiction, but in a lot of movies where you're you're trying to juggle all these different things, you know, actors, plot, direction. There's holes, but those sure. holes don't mean anything. Right. In the grand scheme of things, I think it nails everything that it sets out to do, which is rare, especially in a, a movie whose budget was, what, $45 million? Yeah, yep. $45 million. So not a big budget, you know. No. I'm actually really impressed with what they what they pulled off with less than $50 million. Yep. We can talk about some of the actors here in a second. I just want to point this out. Frank Grillo is starring in a movie that's going to be coming out, I believe, in... 2021 yeah 2021 called cop shop oh man (laughs) how can i trust you just walking out of a cop shop oh that's a throwback that's a that's a throwback to does that episode two episode two yeah yeah so let's talk about some of the actors our lead actor frank grillo already kind of discussed him a little bit famous for a couple different things, his first movie big break, I think, was actually, well, when I say big break, I mean, his first leading role was The Purge Anarchy, which came mm. out in 2014. But he's been in some other stuff, uh, just kind of rattling him off here. Minority Report, Pride and Glory, Blue Eyes, Edge of Darkness, Mother's Day, My Soul to Take, Warrior, The Gray, Lay the Favorite, End to Watch, Zero Dark Thirty, Collision, Homefront, and then his probably most mainstream successful movie that he was in was uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where he played a character named Brock Rumlow, who is the Marvel villain Crossbones. Yeah. Reprises that role in Captain America, Civil War, and then the flashback scenes in Endgame. So he's also in uh, Wolf Warrior 2, which is a movie that I have actually mentioned on this podcast. Yes. Because it is, I think, the most successful Chinese movie of all time. Is it the f- first one the most successful or the second one? I think it's the second one. Well, mm. it's it is on Wikipedia it is the second highest grossing film of all time in a single market behind Star Wars the Force Awakens. No, there so, you go. 878 nice. million dollars. So Nice. Wow. Anything you got to say about Frank? Me? Yeah. Uh we're about to see more Frank. Yeah. Yeah, he's in <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu, which is the next movie we'll be uh be re- watching and reviewing. So that's cool. <laughs> Excited to see that. Excited to see so, that. No, I like Frank. More power to him. He should get into more of these. I hope he gets more roles, as many roles as he wants, and they continue to be successful. He's interesting as an actor. I don't necessarily think he's one-dimensional, but he's, like, when I found out it was him, I was like, this guy, really? This guy's going to be, he's going to he's in his own movie? But I think he does a really good job. He's 55, you know, which is cool. Still, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, a little older than I thought, actually, thought he would be. So good for him. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll have to see him in other stuff. The only thing I've ever seen him in is that I can remember seeing him in is, you know, action movies. I don't know if he's got this big dramatic turn that we've never seen. He went to NYU for acting. So, no, I'm sorry. He graduated from NYU with a business degree and spent a year on Wall Street. Oh. Hmm. Ah. That's pretty cool. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Watts, particularly, I mean, is she famous? Like, I mean, I know she's an actress or whatever, but I think she's quite successful, right? Very successful, yeah. Yeah. She's nominated for a couple Academy Awards, some BAFTA stuff. Uh, She's won a SAG Award. 
for outstanding performance by an ensemble in a motion picture. Like she was in King Kong, man. I mean, of course she's <laughs> a good actress. <laughs> she's also pretty prolific. I think she's been in a lot, a lot of things. Maybe not as many as Danny over 400 credits on IMDb Trejo. <laughs> but, um, oh, that's right. She was in Tank Girl. I forgot she was in Tank Girl. Man. Yeah. No, I like her. You know you're getting a good performance. She's got... Uh, I've never seen her and thought, wow, that was phoned in. Or, wow, they should have got someone else cast. I think she just... I think she nails it. I think she's very consistent. Oh, she was also in King Kong, the official game of the movie. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 no, I agree. I think she brought it. I mean, for her 10 minutes of screen time, you know. Sure. Interesting fact. She was in a relationship with Liv Shriver. I don't know if you know who that is or that name sounds familiar, but very famous for doing all the voiceovers or narrations for HBO documentaries. Like if you've ever watched an HBO doc, there's a solid chance that Liv Shriver is actually the person who narrated it. Pretty cool. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah? Yo. Pretty famous. Malaysian. I didn't realize she was Malaysian. I thought yeah. she was Chinese. Uh, that's pretty cool. She was in, of course, Tomorrow Never Dies, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She was in uh, Star Trek Discovery. Speaking of, yeah, I mean, she's also in a bunch of other things. So much. <laughs> she's supposed to be getting a spinoff from Star Trek Discovery. So Ooh. she's such a great actress and she's really good in that show. Like whenever there's an episode centered on her character, it's it's a good episode. So I'm, I'm eager to see what they can do with her leading a show. She's also set to film. Well, uh, I think she's already done her parts, but in Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. <laughs> so, jeez. <laughs> oh, Is that a thing? Five uh, of them now? Yeah, man. Oh, goodness. Bro, J- Cameron, man, he's going for it. Should I watch the first one? Is that something I should do? Have you never seen Avatar? No. I've never had interest. I just It's pretty good. It just It's hard to ignore the hype because it's been, what, 10 years at this point now? Right, right, right. But it's a pretty good science fiction movie. Okay. Um, I'll, yeah. You know, maybe I'll wait till they're all out, you know, and I'll binge it. <laughs> 2028, I think, is what you I know, have it here. Yeah. Yeah, but she's <laughs> Babylon AD. Oh, that's right. She wasn't Babylon. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, she's Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, all right, let's, all right. All right. Look, let's stop putting it off. Mel Gibson. Okay. He was going to be my next actor. Yeah, well, he's the only other one on the list. So <laughs> I was circling him. <laughs> we were circling him, yes. Mel Column Seal Gerard Gibson. Wow. 65, born in Peaskill, New York of the United States. Complicated. Complicated. Is that what we're going to go with? Complicated he's had a actor. Very interesting career in that, depending on the decade, he is known. For completely different things. <laughs> Obviously, he got his start. I mean, if we want to uh, just jump into his filmography, his first big movie, the one where we would know him over here, is probably The Road Warrior, which is a mm-hmm. genre-defining film for action movies, released in 1981. I mean, he was nobody when this released. I mean, he's you know he was his own person or whatever, but they didn't even put his name on the front of the movie because American audiences aren't going to know who Mel Gibson is, right? The Australian movie and whatnot. So he, he does that. You have some other movies, you have Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. And while he's doing that, he's doing the lethal weapon movies, which I love the lethal weapon movies for the most part. They, uh, some of the humor is very dated, but fun action flicks. And then he's in these really good big movies like Braveheart. Everyone loves Braveheart. 
The Patriot. Yeah, The Patriot. Yeah. I was going to say Payback. Maverick. Maverick. Maverick's one of the few movies I still have on DVD. I love that movie. All these movies. And then it kind of has a breakdown. I don't know what if he's going through some things or whatnot, but a very public breakdown where he said a bunch of things he should not have said and hopefully didn't believe. He ended up producing and directing some films. Successful films. Successful films. Some I would agree with that are good and some I wouldn't care for. I think the the biggest one, the biggest example of that is probably The Passion of the Christ. But he also did, I'm looking at the list here, ones that he did not star in. Apocalyptico was okay. I I think I didn't enjoy that movie, but it was like really, really well done. It just wasn't for me. I could could agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, he was in some of the later Expendable movies, I think, at least the last one. And he's kind of had a little bit of a minor comeback where he's kind of been playing non-lead roles. Like he's in Daddy's Home 2. Boss level, obviously, we're talking about that today. The Expendables 3, Machete Kills, all in the last, I guess, 10 years or so. He's got four things in post-production. So he's kind of entering, not a renaissance necessarily, but he's working steadily. So this is the thing. Yeah. When it comes to Mel Gibson, we've talked about off-pod and on-pod, about various actors and how as they age, roles change. We discussed, you know, Wesley Trent Snipes in his career. And how he has an unassailable, un, literally untouchable stretch for about 10 or 11 years where he was the best action star on the planet. Oh, wow. He was just in, in hit after hit for a solid 10 years. Like he was the biggest, right? Sure. And he was Demolition Man and then he was Blade. So. Well, he's not, he wasn't the Demolition Man. Stallone was the Demolition Man. Well, no, I'm sorry. Well, I, I meant to say he was in Demolition yes, Man. Okay. And then he was in also, Blade. Don't no, you do slide you, dirty like that. No, you're right. You're right. What were you in for? Tax evasion. (laughs) But the thing is about Mel Gibson is he was always a fantastic actor, which makes it really frustrating that his career has taken the turn that it has. I mean, he won Academy Awards for Best Picture and Best Director in a movie that he starred in. You know, like he's a fantastic director on top of being a fantastic actor. Like, you can say what people can say whatever they want to say about Mel Gibson as an actor. They're probably going to be wrong unless they're actually objective about it. Sure. Martin Riggs is one of the most complicated characters of, you know, modern cinema for action films. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying in general, here's a guy who spoilers. If you haven't seen Lethal Weapon, his wife is murdered by a South African drug ring and he spirals out of control into this suicidal burnout and is assigned he's assigned to another officer who is on the verge of retirement and resurrects his you know career as a policeman on the verge of retirement for the next 10 years as they make new yeah. more movies but yes yes <laughs> and while they didn't start the buddy cop fire lethal weapon is probably the best example of the buddy cop movie as in action and as an like and as serious like adult cuz it's rated R you know yeah i mean there's plenty of buddy cop movies that you can actually watch very few of them will probably reach the same heights as Lethal Weapon. That's my opinion. He was in Gallipoli. We've already talked about Braveheart. You know, We Were Soldiers, The Patriot, What Women Want, Payback, Ransom. You know, Ooh, like Ransom, he's just, yeah. he's just got a very, very, I don't like, I don't know how to say it any other way that Mel Gibson's one of the most important actors of the past 20, 30 years, probably even stretching further than that, probably 40 years. And unfortunately, due to some legal issues and you know, public relation nightmares, for lack of a better word, 
he's never going to get the credit that he deserves. You know, I mean, he um, Edge of Darkness, absolutely fantastic movie, which Frank Grillo was actually in. And it kind of came and went. And he did a really good job. I mean, yeah, he had a fake Boston accent. What are you going to do? Is that the movie with the fake Boston accent? I'm trying to remember that movie. Yeah. Did, didn't we watch his... that together? Yes. Was well, based off the old UK television show? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 And then he was in The Beaver, which that is a movie that you should not watch sober. Should not watch not, it. I'm... Got it. <laughs> uh, just don't. Like, just don't watch it unless you're inebriated. Get the gringo. Great movie. movie. You know, Machete Kills. I've never seen it, but I'll take your word for it. He's in The Expendables 3. Fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, he was in Signs. He just... I forgot about Signs, yeah. It's really annoying for me as a fan of his that he did what he did and he said what he said. Multiple times. Yeah. And so it's kind of sad because he was already a fantastic actor. And then he turned into this action star. And then he turned into one of the best directors of the, the He's 90s a good director, yeah. And the 2000s. I mean, he won an Academy Award. Oh, sure, sure. So Braveheart, he won in 1996. Braveheart went up against Apollo 13, Babe, Sense and Sensibility, and The Postman. I've never heard of The Postman. <laughs> no, really. But I have seen Sense and Sensibility. I have seen Babe, and I have seen Apollo 13. And that's impressive. He beat out Tim Robbins for Dead Man's Walking as Best Director. Mike Figgis for Leaving Las Vegas. That's a fantastic movie. Michael Radford, he was the postman. And then Chris Noonan, who directed Babe. He's a great example of the fact that you can be extremely talented, extremely talented, and just have a crappy personality and just views on the world that are that are wrong. I mean, he's repeatedly been accused of, and in some cases I would say found guilty of being anti-Semitic, racist against I mean, just brown people everywhere, I guess. Sexist and just rude. <laughs> the fact that he even still has a career shows you how talented he is and maybe how some people just don't care about those things. If you're going to you're going to be a big shot actor, director, someone who's in the public spotlight, an athlete, a politician, whatever, and you're going to act like Mel Gibson, there's going to be consequences. The fact that he's still acting is interesting to me. The fact that people still work with him, knowing the type of person he is and the things he's done, is kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. He's not a good person. <laughs> I mean, he's not. <laughs> Go to Wikipedia, look up some other articles, do whatever you want, read about all of the things and be like, ooh, I don't think he really meant it. There's some things he's said on wax that you cannot yeah. ever argue to me could not be taken anyway, but absolutely horribly. Yeah. His Wikipedia page has a thing that just says controversies on it. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. it's just, it's problematic. And look, uh, yeah. It, yeah. That's one way of putting it. Here's the thing about America it's got problems, but America is a place where you can have a second chance. And sometimes yeah. you can get a third chance and a fourth chance and maybe even a fifth chance. You know, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I just he's I don't had know, a lot like, of chances. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just it's problematic. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, the, the public um, has a, maybe a too short of a memory. All right, we're done talking about Mel Gibson. <laughs> I'll say one final thing about Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. We're almost done talking about Mel Gibson. <laughs> it's one of those situations where you have to look at the art instead of the artist. Cause he has said and done some very terrible things recently, in fact. But that's not going to stop me from watching Lethal Weapon. 
you know, that's not going to stop me from watching Braveheart. Like, I listen to music. There are certain artists who have done a lot of bad things. I'm not going to stop listening to their music because they did bad things. And I won't disagree with anybody if they tell me that Mel Gibson's a terrible person. Because I'm not. Because I, I there's literally proof. It, it, it in fact exists. There's empirical evidence. Yeah. I'm not going to stop watching the movies. I'm not begrudging you that point of view. I'm also not going to begrudge somebody who never watches anything with him in it. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I feel perfectly fine watching something that went straight to stream on a service that I'm already paying for. I would not have gone and seen this movie in theaters. That's I wouldn't fair. have. So We talked about Will Sasso a little bit. I don't know if you really sure. want to discuss him much. I mean, as much as you want to, man. Go for it. There's nothing wrong with Will Sasso. He's just, you know, he's Will Sasso. The thing I remember him most for, he had a small little run in WCW where he, I think he got hit in the back of the head with like a chair. Uh, by Hulk Hogan. I really want to say that happened. I'll look that up later. We are talked about Ken Jong. I can't actually believe he was in this movie. Yeah, I was caught off guard. <laughs> I was like, oh. And then for him to have that kind of such a minor role, it was cool. I liked yeah. him in it, but it was just, okay. Annabelle Wallace played Alice. I don't even remember who Alice is in the movie. Is she not one of the assassins? That's what I'm saying. I don't remember. Mm. She's a couple things. She's in The Mummy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, mm. she's in X-Men First Class. That's neat. Sure. Oh, she was in that mummy. I thought he said the mummy. I was like, oh, really? I didn't know you meant the 2017 atrocity. (laughs) The 2017 Tom Cruise vehicle. Mathilde Oliver, French actress, has been, this is her one, two, three, four, five, six, eighth, eighth thing. So good luck to her. Selena Lowe played Guan Yin, who is a character who every time she kills Roy says, but she say, I am Guan Yu and I've done this, right? Yeah, and Guan says. Yin has done this, yeah. <laughs> she's only got 17 acting credits. She's actually on the cover of the movie, unlike okay. a lot of these other characters. She played a zombie in 28 Weeks Later. I don't recognize any of this. I did not see the Scorpion King 3 Battle for Redemption. That sounds like it would not be good. She's in a movie called Triple Threat that has Tony Jaa. Oh. So it's pretty exciting. Sure. Uh, oh, and Michael Jai White, it looks like. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, she really kills the role of this annoying <laughs> character. So, yeah. very, I was very impressed. She functions essentially as like a mini boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't for, think of it that way. If we extrapolate this movie and how it exists as a movie compared to a video game, the most times he dies are to Guan Yin. I think he says, like, I always get this far and then she always kills me. And then he spins, I don't know. A couple hundred or maybe, I don't know how many attempts with Day Fang, played by Michelle Yeoh. Oh, like 50. Um, it was like 50 or 60 days yeah. he spends. Yeah. She trains him to be this expert swordsman. And then every time he goes to see her, he says like, I'm a complete beginner. And then the next time he does it, or he sits, we see him sit down. He's like, oh, you know, I've done a little bit. And then the next time he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm at an intermediate. And then he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm advanced, but I can use a couple pointers kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I already talked about Rob Gronkowski, Quentin Jackson, and Rashard Evans. Uh, Meta William Williams plays Pam, who is the girl who has Hitler's gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was pretty you, funny. You've been killing me with Hitler's gun this whole time? <gasps> yeah. <gasps> She's been in a lot of stuff. She was in an Escape Plan movie. No, I'm sorry. She was an executive producer on that. Oh, interesting. But she was also in Apollo 13, actually. Beverly Hills Cop 3, The Mask. I mean, she's been in 
a lot of things. And then um, a couple people who don't get or don't have their own IMDb pages. or we, we Yeah, there's a lot of just bit roles here. Shout out to those people. We're not forgetting you. We just we're just can't, not can't click yeah, on. Your I think names. we've gone through enough people. Enough people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, special shout out to Joe Knezevich, who is the driver of the Dodge Challenger convertible who gets it stolen like every single day yeah Help, i'm being carjacked plays the wizard in stargirl oh interesting another good show i think i can speak for both of us when i say that this was definitely worth the price of subscription yes it's a lot of fun did you have an idiot of the movie can i give it to joe the kid yeah because he's skipping school oh, you just you know okay. you don't want to do that you can you can sure. truancy uh no um <laughs> It's gotta be it's gotta be Colonel Clive Ventor, right? Oh you know? really? He's a megalomaniac, right? He has this crazy idea that he's going to what was his plan? He's gonna go back in time and just stop all war. I don't know, fix you know? it somehow with foreknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I was thinking about him. I'd have to agree with you on Joe. Truancy is not good, and that's how you become an idiot. Make sure you stay in school, kids. <laughs> Look, life is hard enough. You don't need to be missing those school days. <laughs> I don't. I think that the person, I think whoever it is off screen who approved the budget for creating a time machine is the idiot of the movie. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Haven't they seen Back to the Future? Apparently not. Nev- never works out. But also coming up in, in consideration is Roy Pulver, our lead character. Because how many days does he repeat before he actually, he <laughs> takes like f- almost 50 days somewhere in the 40s before he tries to reach out to his ex-wife and then how many ever more almost 100 before he decides to do anything about it now i know he's not living full days i think he says up to that point he hadn't lived past 12 like 57 or something like that so he's only getting it in five to six hour bursts if he lives that long (laughs) there's several (laughs) times where he lasts a couple of minutes but i don't know i feel like he took a long time to try to move forward spent too much time wallowing you know yeah so he gets a little of a nomination from me as well i mean there's definitely some like probably some undiagnosed ptsd or psychological slash emotional issues that he has cuz he sure. just spends his days drinking and picking up random women from the bar so he's probably not living the healthiest lifestyle already yeah and so it just i would agree to a point i think he's hung over like every morning Right? Like, isn't that kind of the thing? Is that every morning he wakes up and he's... Because he drank heavily the night before. I don't know if he wake. Do you think he wakes up hungover the whole time? I mean, I don't know. I don't uh, know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's... There's, there are some extenuating circumstances. I mean, it, it does take him a long time for him to remember that she gave him a gift. And then yeah. he has to be intelligent enough to make the connection between Osiris and himself, you know? Like... Uh, <laughs> like she, she's like, I, I sent you a gift. Did you get it? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he opens it. And it's just a book on Egyptian mythology. And he just, right. you know, casually tosses it away. And then I'm just, eh, I'll agree. I'll agree with you. Okay. Roy okay. Pulver, idiot of the movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as KG, obviously he replaces Mel Gibson. We don't need to even talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening this far into this episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. We didn't deserve it. Neither did you. If you have suggestions for other things that we uh, should watch and review or be exposed to, email them to us at scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can also hit us up and follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at scifiwiseguys and Twitter at scifiwiseguys. 
If you prefer, you can also, I guess, get on Facebook, the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group. Just give up your anonymity and give us your raw opinions. If you haven't already, (laughs) be sure to give us that five-star review on iTunes, the thumbs up, the follow, whatever it is on your podcasting platform of choice to show your support and get notified when new episodes release weekly. And of course, if you want to support beyond that, we'd really appreciate if you told your friends to listen. And if you've run out of friends or you're like Chris and don't have any, tell Mm. your enemies. If you've already done all that and you just feel like taking it to the next level, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash, you guessed it, sci-fi wise guys. (gasps) Dollar a month gets you behind the scene clips, extended scenes, deleted scenes, out of pod conversations, as well as all of the episodes, or at least our mainline episodes early. And of course, we uh, appreciate the support. We just want to say thanks again. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And remember that you are loved by the hosts and the community of this podcast for 249 attempts. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Uh, are we going to stop recording and uh, just keep going? I mean, I was just, just B-roll. I'm B-rolling yeah. it, man. We B-roll the B-roll, bro. <laughs> At some point, if we ever manage to get any fans, <laughs> they, they will listen to us not only for our jokes, but also our opinions on things. Oh, is that? And so, I don't even listen I, to your opinion. I don't know. <laughs>